Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Black woman. Beautiful. Powerful. Resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. Okay, I can't even ask you how your week has been because it's been a lot of weeks. We're back. How was your summer? My summer was, I guess it was pretty good, you know, since... You know, everybody knew from the last episode that my divorce was finalized early this summer. So, um, you know, that was that was good. But then when you get divorced, it's sort of like now this is like your new permanent normal. Right. And, you know, my husband and I or ex-husband and I had not been in the same house for a, a long time. So it's not like I'm adjusting to a new normal, but. I don't know. Now that it's like official, I'm like, oh, my ex-husband. Like I have to get used to saying my ex-husband. And Harrison's very used to him not being in the house. So he's used to his his weekly schedule with his dad. Um, but it still makes like vacationing a little bit different, right? Before everything was final, we were still like co-parenting sort of together. Like we were planning trips together with Harrison. And now we're literally planning trips separate with Harrison and so far, that transition has been good. So co-parenting this summer has been good. Um, the job has been a work in progress. It's like anything, it's starting something new. And so it's been a struggle, right? It's been trying to condition people into their roles and then reconditioning them again and retraining them again as we sort of kind of pivot to figure out what works for us and what systems we need in place to be successful. So that has been the worst of my summer, just trying to get that piece, the job piece on board. Um, and then the home front, you know, when you have a new house, that's not a brand new house that you're trying to update and renovate and you find, you, you repair one thing and you find something else that needs to be repaired. Whew, oh my goodness. So it's just a lot of moving pieces still. It doesn't feel like the summer is over quite yet. It feels like I'm still in like a state of transition. And then they throw in that Harrison needs to go back to school and he's in a new school year. And we need to do all the things that you do to start school. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess summer's over. And now we're back at school. But, you know, Harrison loves his teacher. He loves his classmates. He's really excited that he has some of his old friends in his class. He, we're setting up a lot of play dates. He actually has his you know, first 
pool party at the house is today for Harrison, just his little friends in the pool. So whereas before it was like my friends coming over to hang out, now it's like, oh, we're setting up a play date for Harrison to hang out with his friends in the pool, right? So uh, it's a, it's just a it's just a lot of moving pieces, and I feel like there's no like end. And I guess I have to get used to feeling like there's no end. It's like constant transition. Like you finish one thing, it's just for you to move on to start the next thing that you realize still has to be finished with the 15 other things on your to-do list. But I'm sure you feel the same. I mean, you stay busy and there's always a lot of transition. I'm sure our listeners feel the same. We're like coming out of this sort of post-pandemic world where we were mostly virtual. And now we realize, wait a minute, we have to actually do like some type of quasi-hybrid situation here and transition back into real life and not just like, oh, we outside now. No, no, no. You're like working outside now. Like student loan payments start back now. You need to budget now. You need to do all the things that you used to do plus some more now because people don't realize that now that outside is open back up, you can't just be anywhere at the snap of your fingers or they expect for you to be there and over here too because now they know you can function in the virtual world as well as in the world of like in-person reality. It's it's a lot to bite off. It's a lot to chew. <sighs> That's very true. And I didn't even think about that until you said that because I think that people really just think now that we have 48 hours in the same day and we still have the same 24 hours. So I think that's a, you know, a good point that it's almost like post pandemic things are um, on steroids a bit because everyone's like, well, you can do this and that. Like the number of times that I've had two meetings going on simultaneously, I can't even tell you. And I'm sure that you understand, but it's like, so you really just want 50% of my attention here and 50% of my attention here. So if you just want me to give 50% to this project, just say that. Like, no no need for the drama. Yeah, now I'm at the point where I'm just gonna... I just feel people want so much from you with so little time and not necessarily giving you the tools to succeed. That That is my thing. I am now emailing and just calling it out like, Hey, you expect this from me. You have not given me the tools to succeed. And so this is what I'm going to give you. Or you have not given me the tools to succeed in a timely fashion. So you have to accept that I'm going to deliver you this product on my own time. And I now uh, go, I leave work in my own time. I stop things when I want to do them and say, you're going to get it when I when I give it to you. And because I have to operate outside of, the time that you give me, therefore, I'm going to finish this on my own time, which means I'm going to finish it when it's convenient for me. So uh, I have now tried to take back um, my time. Re- reclaiming my time <laughs> is what I'm trying to take back, which means that, yes, I do know that I have to operate outside of work hours, but it doesn't have to be doing it as soon as I can. I, ha- I still have to prioritize my family life and Harrison and the things I have to do outside of work in addition to work. Work comes second. I'm sorry, work does de- definitely come second. And so I am doing those things first. And then when I have time, I will catch up on work. Why? Because you don't give me the time to do the things I need to do at work. So uh, I can't let you encroach upon my personal time 
So since you're already encroaching, I'm going to do it when it's convenient for me. And if you don't like it, tell me I can move on. Tell me. I will gladly move on. Okay? That's real. I think that people are getting to the point where they realize that, like, what's important and what's not important. And those, I think this is a good place to be in. But I also think it's a little bit scary because, yeah, what are we going to do? Like, I think that we've gotten on this this like treadmill of life where we're like, okay, we can get it done faster, quicker. Like, and everyone is just like in this rat race. And then the rat race is like just getting faster and faster and faster. And I think that we're intentionally now taking the time to be like, Hey, this doesn't work. This, this pace is not sustainable. Let's revert back to where we were before. I don't know how good we're going to be at reverting back, but I will say the call out to revert back, I'm here for it because, oh, it's been a lot. And the summer hasn't felt like summer to me. It felt like just a lot. A lot was going on, you know? A lot has happened. So, Johnny, what did you have going on this summer? Catch us up with all the lots uh, that have happened. Okay, quick summer recap. Um, and I say this very hesitantly because I feel like Everyone already knows all of this, but I'm going to give a quick summer recap. So first part of the summer, I was planning for this really big event. The really big event happened and it was great. It was amazing. Best one ever so far. And it just was, you know how when you are anticipating something and you go through it and you're like, well, I just hope that this is like I am anticipating it. Well, most time with events, if anyone out there is an event planner or you like to plan events for fun, you do realize that you you prepare for the, the unexpected, right? So events don't typically turn out the way that you anticipate, but they turn out well, right? This event was one of the few that exceeded my expectations. So it was amazing. Okay, fast forward. Literally the day after that event, um, I... And I've shared this before, but I was honored as one of Washington Business Journal's 40 under 40 and made it by the skin of my teeth because a couple of weeks later, I turned 40. So, hey, y'all, I'm here. I've arrived in the land of 40 and y'all have been great so far. The 40s have been amazing to me for the last few weeks. I actually really enjoy it. Where have you been all of my life? Um, And then... Had a couple of weeks break, started planning some more events, blah, 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 blah. Y'all don't really want to hear this. But um, a couple of days ago, I celebrated my sixth wedding anniversary. So there's just been a lot that's happening this summer. There's more to come, but not yet. Y'all got to wait. But yeah, it's just been a lot. Well, you know, we sent the happy birthdays, but we forgot about the anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Thank you. you I know, got one more year to make it. They say if you make it to seven, you're forever, right? Isn't that what no, it is? Girl. No, they say if you make it to eight, you're forever. I made okay. it to seven. Okay, I well. made it to seven. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, that's not, that's not giving me much hope here. Um, yeah, so two more years. Two more years, and then I guess Ken is stuck with me forever. I mean, look, let me tell you this. I don't care if, if this implodes and... Not, we hope, knock wood, that it doesn't. But I don't care if this marriage implodes. Let me tell you, I've realized about myself that when my relationships end and I think that they're over and I've moved on 
the others don't, right? They just like, oh, we're going to be friends forever. I have that kind of like personality, I guess, right? So regardless of whether this relationship implodes or not, he's stuck with me forever. Not to mention we still have to do this podcast. So he's also stuck with me forever, but he's stuck with me forever. So he might as well just make the best of it, huh? Well, we're not going to even talk like that, right? Because I will say at year six, there was already like, there were signs. Like I, this is not like we made it to seven years and then right before we make eight, well, let's go ahead and file for divorce. That is not what happened. So, um, so y'all will make it. You don't have the red flags uh, that I have. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of women that have been divorced. I think we should probably have an episode about divorce. But there are a lot of women that have probably been divorced that could tell you, like, these are the things that led up to it. And I probably should have filed a lot earlier because I knew that this was not going to last, but I, I decided not to. So um, so congratulations on y'all's marriage. If you're strong at six years, you're going to be strong. I wasn't strong. We weren't strong at six years. So I'm just saying. And mind you, this is season for you guys. So that means that during my sixth year, we were on this podcast. Okay. So Janine knows that it wasn't strong at six years. So don't let her, don't, don't, don't sit there and be like, oh, I can't believe that Nicole's marriage imploded all of a sudden before year eight. No, we just didn't tell y'all, but yeah, it's, it, it was, it was an ongoing thing. And me and my ex-husband, we get along fantastic. We co-parent fantastically. And that's all that matters. And she's right. Like we are stuck with each other. We get along. We're actually pretty good friends. Um, so you are stuck with the person that you divorced forever, but um, but not romantically, right? You can move on and you have other relationships and, and things are good. So it's not a contentious divorce, at least not for me. I know that some women can't say that, but I'm, I'm blessed in that. At least everything's like we're getting along. There's no contention here. I love it. Because look, we, we, we have to realize what, like where we are in life, right? And we have to realize what we're going to do and how we're going to be able to navigate that's best for ourselves and our families. And sometimes it's not to be in a romantic relationship. So, but yes. So how have our listeners been? What you guys been up to this summer? Y'all been busy like us? What have y'all been doing? You start a new job? Do you travel? Let us know how you guys are doing. Let us know what, how you're doing and where are you and what's going on. Did you move? Life changes? Share, share, share with us. We share with you. Please share with us. And, okay, you all, we all know that everybody has a responsibility in this. We're all in this together. So what we need you to do is subscribe, like, rate, review, all of those things. You all know what the deal is. All right, Jenny. So what's on our timeline this week? Now, Nicole, you know, I didn't want to start off with the negativity, but I don't know if it's the world that we live in or what's going on or people are losing their minds, but I'm going to just jump right into it. So this is like, you know, kind of, kind of like timeline story time. So this is a story that's kind of been floating around. And I saw it first on the platform formerly known as Twitter, but it's actually everywhere. So it's on all of those blog pages, you know, our favorites like Spiritual Word and Neighborhood Talk and all of those, right? So we're going to chat about it on your favorite podcast now. So I feel like this story is so scary, but unfortunately, it's also super relatable, especially for Black women. So we're going to just get right into it. So a young lady who goes by the name of Ro Reports, so I, I take it her name is Ro, um, she is a TikToker and she posted this video 
um, almost immediately after this incident happened. And she was outside of a, a of a club and she had been assaulted by a man in Houston. So outside of the club, she's taking this video and you can see from the video that something has happened to her face. Unfortunately, as we all know, as women, you know, it's kind of a thing. And unfortunately, it's not uncommon. And in this particular situation, Roe was not just assaulted, but she was hit in the face by a man with a brick. And she wasn't just hit in the face by a man, not just hit in the face by a brick. I am being like a little dramatic and having these like pauses in narrating this because I want you to realize how trivial the reason is that this man decided to hit her. So the man asked for her number. She declined. He then proceeded to pick up said brick and hit her in the face with it just because she would not give him her telephone number. Now, to add insult to injury, not only did he physically assault her with a brick, but he did so in front of a group of black men. Now, these black men were not with this man. They weren't this man's friends. They literally were just people that were standing by and not a single one of them. I think in the video, I counted about six or seven of them. Not a single one of those men did anything to step in, to intervene, to help, to stop him after it happened. They just let him get in a car and go away. And it's not very clear as to whether they asked her, was she okay? Because in the video, she's videotaping and she's saying, hey, none of you all did anything. And she's irate. But they're all kind of just looking at her. Very few responses. You can kind of hear some mumbles in the background, but it really just seems like they're kind of like, that's happening over there. That's not my business. Now, honestly, I'm not really surprised. I'm not surprised for a couple of reasons. The first reason is I think there's a bit of self-preservation with anyone that steps into a situation that they don't know what's happening, especially in public at night outside of a nightclub, right? However, I think that we have to remember that there always has to be a bit of humanity. I understand you don't want to get involved. It's not your thing. It's not your business. It's not your situation. But that's not how we are as a people, right? We are supposed to support, protect one another, specifically women and children. That's that's who we are. But I'm also not surprised because we are in this generation now, Nicole. And I don't want to blame it on this particular generation. It's just the space that we're in. It's not a generational thing, so to speak, but it's the space that we're in now that people just don't care. We see so much trauma and violence that oftentimes it just becomes like, you know, something that's fleeting in the background. And it tends to be more like white noise than something that we have to react to. And it's sad. And specifically, and we've talked about this time and time again, Nicole, in this podcast, when it pertains to black women, people are less likely to get involved. The sad part is in this particular situation, it's the black men who we would think would want to protect us that didn't get involved. Now, in this particular situation, like I said, if you see the video, which we will post it. 
the men that are standing around, they should be ashamed of themselves. The least they could have done is intervened, tried to help her, tried to support her, tried to figure out what was going on, or at least try to get this man's information because why are you assaulting or why are you hitting a woman in the face with a brick? Like, really? And over a telephone number? I can't. So back to the story. So Rose, she actually goes to the hospital and she posts another video and she's super emotional in this video, understandably so. And she says like what she basically shares what happened. And she's like, I don't deserve this. She's saying that she's never done anything to anyone in her life to deserve this. And honestly, I can't imagine what someone would do to deserve getting hit in the face with a brick, but I digress. And she basically just is like pleading, like, how does this happen? How, why do, why does this happen to me? And like, no one stepped in and no one helped me. And honestly, the video was so emotional, Nicole. I really just wanted to be like, baby girl, you don't deserve it. No one does. Like, I just wanted to give her a hug. But this story, while it's not fair, I want us to be very mindful that unfortunately, the reason why this is so relatable is because it's either a similar situation has happened to us, or we know someone that has happened to, because this happens so often. And I, I know that it feels like it's a broken record, but we just have to be safe. And I, it's hard to tell you how, to, how are you safe, right? How are you safe in a world where no one's coming to help you? No one's coming to save you. They're just going to pull out their phones and take video and say, oh my goodness, I witnessed this happen. But I think that this post that I initially saw that brought this story to my attention on the platform formerly known as Twitter, and the post was from Fromama, F-R-E-A-U-X-M-A-M-A. And she simply said this, she posted the video and she simply said this, she said, this is why I give my number out in public regardless if I have a man or not, because you never know what, how a man will react, how a man will react when he gets rejected. This is so sad out here. And then she said, women should not have to do this to protect ourselves. And while I 100% agree with Fro Mama, we all know that we shouldn't have to do this. But the sad reality is that we do have to do this. And there are other things that we have to adapt into our lifestyle, especially when we're going out with groups of women only and or if we're going out by ourselves to protect ourselves, to make sure that we come home, to make sure that we can come home and see the people that we love. Because honestly, Nicole, no one's out there trying to save us. I don't know if you've experienced this, Nicole, but you tell me. So I will say... I am very fortunate that I have personally not been attacked or felt like someone didn't want to protect me if I were in a difficult situation. I personally not felt that way, but I have been in a situation. Of, I don't even know if you were with us, Janine and Xavier. Melissa Macklin would have to tell this story, right? And now she's Melissa Antoine. Shout out to Melissa. She's been on our podcast before with like season one. So, um, and, and you know, she's a psychiatrist. So, we were walking to the phone party through uh, Gertown, from Xavier to Gertown. I don't know if Janine was with us at this point. I don't know if she remembers it, but I know you remember the phone parties, right? And there was a club that hosted these day parties. And now I think about it, it was like sort of kind of 
like not sanitary, like everybody's nasty in the foam, right? Like dancing in and like grinding on each other. But either way, we were walking to the phone party. We have on our shorts and, you know, T-shirts or what have you. And underneath it, you have your swimsuit on. So afterwards, walking back, you change clothes. You have your like bag or book bag or whatever with your wet clothes on. Or you may walk with your wet clothes because it's foam. So you're not like soaking wet, right? And at this time, I remember most of us had on like short shorts and like our top for our swimsuit or, you know, maybe like a cover all on, right? And so we're walking through Gartown back to Xavier. So from Washington Washington Street back up to Xavier. Now, this wasn't the smartest thing, right? You shouldn't really be walking in the middle of the hood. And y'all said Xavier is in the hood in super short shorts, right? But like everybody was doing it. It wasn't like we were walking by ourselves. There were like a group of four of us on one side. There were other girls walking back on the other side. There were guys walking a little bit, you know, distant to us. And so these guys pull up in this car and they're asking for Melissa's number. And she's like, no, you know, she's just like, you know, no, just, you know, I I have a boyfriend, leave me alone. And they're like, keep asking her. And so she finally says, do you not, does no means no. And she might've said some interesting curse words, but, but they got pissed off, sped off, came back, shook a beer up and sprayed it on her. Right. I'm lucky. We're lucky that that wasn't like a gun that they shot or something like that. But I say all that to say, obviously these people did not like regret and they, had to find a way to retaliate against her, which is retaliate against all of us because it's not like she was the only one that got sprayed. We all got sprayed with beer, right? And we made it back safely. We laughed about it. It wasn't that big of a deal. But thinking about it, now that I'm an adult, and I was an adult then, but I mean, we were like, what, 20? That could have been a big deal, right? It could have been a very big deal. And I think that this kind of stuff happens more often than we think it happens. I think that social media, and again, social media will allow you to really amplify things, right? But for everybody that's amplifying their their situation, there are hundreds of people who don't. So this is not new. This is this has been happening for a long time. It's just now getting extreme. So instead of people getting spit on and getting water tossed at them and beer sprayed on them. Now people have the audacity to hit somebody upside the head with a brick. And unfortunately, people are just sitting there and watching. And there was a lot of things on that thread in the comments about how men, you know, aren't stepping up for black women and how they can't believe how cowardly men are nowadays. I have to, you know, give a little bit of a different perspective because it's like if you're a man and you don't know this woman from Adam, This is not your girlfriend. This is not your sister. It's not your cousin. It's not somebody you went to high school with. It's not your sister's best friend. It's not your hairdresser. It's nobody you know, okay? Are you going to see somebody hit somebody with a brick and what are you going to do? Follow them? What are you going to do? Attack them? What are you going to do? Because now you have a man jumping into the situation. She got hit with a brick. She didn't say she got constantly beat with a brick. She got hit with a brick, right? So I assume she got hit with a brick and the guy left. What are these men supposed to do? Like, are they supposed to realize she got hit with a brick and then attack the man or hold the man down, follow him, jump on top of his car? What what are they going to do? And then what are they going to do when obviously they don't know this woman? Like that man could have been, could go get a gun. If he felt threatened 
by this woman because of this rejection or felt pissed off, a man or even men, let's say all of them were going to go and follow him and jump him. He's going to feel like he has a right to defend himself. Okay. He could go and get a gun and shoot these men. So now they've lost their lives because they're defending somebody and they don't know the situation. That could have been a domestic violence situation. And she wasn't rejecting uh, the guy. It could have been, they were in an argument and her baby daddy hit her. And then what happens? Nine times after y'all know, y'all be defending these baby daddies. So let's say the guy would have came from the back and grabbed him. Now let my baby daddy go, right? And then you're calling the police because your baby daddy didn't got jumped and you didn't ask for him to get jumped. I mean, there's so many situations that could have happened that I can't blame the men for saying, that ain't my business. I'm going to stay out of that. I'm not trying to get involved with the laws. I'm not trying to get arrested. I hate that it's come down to that, that we're living in a world that you have to literally think twice about helping someone, but you do, right? So all I would have anticipated the innocent bystanders doing was to check on her and make sure she was taken to safety, right? Like if this guy did come back and want to cause her more harm, at least they get her out of the way and take her to the hospital or do something. I mean, but even that's a risk, right? If he's going to come back and do something, that's, that's a risk as well. But at least get her out of harm's way so that this man can't, you know, brutally attack or do anything more. That is what I would have expected an innocent bystander to do. Hey, ma'am, are you okay? Do you need help? Hey, let me take you to the hospital. Hey, do you have a ride wherever you're going to be? I would anticipate that. I wouldn't anticipate these men jumping on another man unless okay, if he's obviously actively attacking her and he struck her multiple times and they're sitting there watching for 10 minutes. Well, of course, two, three men could have grabbed him and at least pulled him off of her. Okay. But that did not seem like the situation at hand. I could see if it, if that was, I could see how she would say these, I got beat almost to death and these men didn't do anything. But if you got struck with a brick one time and the person left, then I would say all of their responsibility is to, Hey ma'am, are you okay? Do you need me to take you to the hospital? Do you need me to take you somewhere? Or take a picture of the guy's license plate and send that, you know, give it to her so she can report it to the police. Um, otherwise, I could see why these men didn't feel like they need to go and chase behind them like they're bad boys and jump on the top of the car. I agree. But I think that there's something else to be said about this, right? Who did she come with? Who did she leave with? Was she by herself? Like, I have a lot of questions because unfortunately in what I do, this happens to me. Let me preface this with I've never been hit in the face with anything, let alone a brick. But I have been grabbed, assaulted because someone is trying to get your attention or you reject them in, or they feel like you rejected them because you said like, oh, no, I'm married. I'm not going to give you my telephone number. Right. And I literally this literally I had a situation like this not even a week ago. So I was walking to my car from an event and Thankfully, one of my friends thought, hey, let me just send, he was in the middle of something. He was like, let me just send my son out to make sure that she's okay. And in the, Nicole, it wasn't even two minutes from the door of the venue to my car, someone grabbed me by the back of my shirt. And thankfully, as you all know, I'm in DC. So they're, the DC is crawling with cops, right? Because most things are within, you know, walking distance from some sort of government building. So there's always going to be police. So thankfully there were police and they intervened. And honestly, when the police came and asked, like, is everything okay? Just, you know, question, not because they could necessarily see the, the, 
dust up, but it was like, you know, hey, just checking. I didn't even say, hey, yeah, he just grabbed me. I was like, nope, just trying to get to my car because I didn't want it to be a thing, right? And I think that we have become so used to this kind of thing happening, like the spraying of the beer in the face or like, you're just kind of like, hey, just trying to get out of this situation, trying to get myself home safely, right? And I really wonder at what point did we think that it's okay or at what point did it become okay for people to physically respond to something that is a basic interaction? I don't have to give you my telephone number. I don't have to pay attention to you. I don't have to do anything. I think it's this weird sense of entitlement that men have. And let me be very clear. It's not just black men. White men do it too. They, and I'm, and I I don't want to, you know, make this specific about any particular race, but it's like, where did this entitlement come from that men just feel like you owe them something? I don't owe you anything, especially if I don't know you and keep your paws off of me. Real talk. Because what happens is they pull, grab, tug, hit the right one. And to your point, Nicole, the same way that there are men out here carrying and could come back with a gun, there are women out here that are carrying come back with a gun too. So you're going to keep playing and you might be in a worse situation than you thought. We're not the same women of even 10 years ago. We're out here defending ourselves. And I'm not going to get into, you know, that's going to be in my learn something new ways that we can protect ourselves. But let me be clear. There are a lot of things that you might be surprised by if you grab at least my friends, me or one of my friends. I think that we should just all learn a basic like kindergarten principle of keeping your hands to yourself. And if people reject you, then, you know, look, life, we all have rejection. It hurts. We all know that. But we're not trying to be offensive. We just don't necessarily pick another one. Pick another one of us. Somebody, if you ask enough people, somebody will give you their number. You don't have to be violent. Like, that's the point that I want us to get to. I know that protecting Black women, it's a thing, right? But it's almost become a slogan, right? And it's not changing anything. We can say protect Black women, protect Black women, protect Black women. No one's coming to save us. That's the problem. But what I am saying is maybe we should take that back a step further and say, why don't we learn how to accept hurt and rejection so that our initial response is not to lash out at the person who we feel rejected us. Just a thought. I think this all started when everybody got a trophy, right? Like when we were younger, everybody didn't get a trophy. Like there was a first, a second, a third, and the rest of the class didn't get nothing, right? That And that was acceptable. Like you try harder the next time, maybe you'll get a trophy, right? And if you never got a trophy, that was still okay because maybe that just wasn't your thing. And you found something that was your thing that you can excel at and you can get a trophy in that. Now, everybody gets a trophy. You get a trophy even just participating, right? You start the race, you get a ribbon. Why? Like everybody doesn't deserve a trophy. And when it comes to dating and rejection, people are not raised for rejection. Like they don't understand that everybody doesn't get a trophy just because you ask for it doesn't mean that you get it, right? Harrison does that now, right? He'll say, "Can you share can you share something with me? Like can you share your car keys with me?" 
and I'll say, no. And he'll say, but I ask for you to share it. Sharing is caring, right? It's almost like I ask and that means it's automatic. Yes. And I said, say, no, just because you asked me to share doesn't mean that I have to share it. Okay. The person has to agree to share it for you to have, have it shared with you. And, you know, it's a hard thing for a four-year-old to follow, but it shouldn't be hard for a 24 or 34-year-old to follow. If you ask somebody for something to either have or share with you or borrow, that does not mean that you're going to get such thing given to you, borrowed or lent to you, or shared with you, okay? That person has to agree, and sometimes there are circumstances that make them think that they should not give you what you're asking for. And as an, a, a mature adult, you should understand that. A four-year-old, I have to drill that home for him. A mature adult, I shouldn't have to drill it home. But it's given really toddler-like uh, tantrums. When people pull out a brick when you ask for somebody's number and then they tell you no, you hit them outside the head with a brick. Really, now you're showing me why I really should have said no because this is an abusive relationship waiting to happen. So I'm glad I really didn't share my number. But you out here, you shouldn't be dating anybody, period, if you can get that aggressive whenever you things don't go your way. That's that's crazy. But either way, I digress. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. All right, Janine. So are you ready to talk through some of these um, letters from our listeners? Let's do it. All right. So the first letter is from Brooklyn. And she says, Nicole and Janine, People out here are crazy and don't do well with rejection. And it's not just men, it's women too. I was walking through the mall with one of my girlfriends doing a little retail therapy. My friend and I went into Dillard's. While trying on some shoes, I saw this girl who looked at us and smiled. I didn't think anything of it. We purchased a few things and then we went on about our business. My friend and I went into two separate boutique stores that were across from each other next. That's when I saw the same girl from Dillard's again. This time she approached me and asked me some small talk questions and then asked if we could hang out sometime. Sensing that she was kind of interested in me, I smiled and told her I was married with two kids. She got furious and called me a liar because she saw that I was with another woman. Realizing I didn't have to explain anything to her, I turned and walked out of the store. This chick grabbed my hair pulling some of it out and forcing me to the ground. Next thing I know, we were in a full-on fight in the middle of the mall. My friend came out of the other store and jumped into the fight. The police came and all three of us were arrested. This girl claimed that we jumped her. So it was basically her word against ours and she was a little more bruised up than we were. It wasn't until the surveillance camera proved that she attacked me first that we were released from jail the next morning. People are not good with rejection, but they are bold. I'm a little older in my late 30s. The girl had to be in her late 20s. I'm not sure if it's the pandemic that has emboldened folks 
or just the times? What do you ladies think? Brooklyn. Okay, Brooklyn. So this one hits home for a lot of reasons. Okay. So Janine waited till 40 to get into her first fight with another woman. Whoa, ho, ho, ho. Pause. Didn't want to tell that story, but it happened. I won't. I will save that for another day. But I will say this. A couple of things. One, you are 100% right. Um, because people are entitled, emboldened, whatever it is that you want to call it. And you don't owe them an explanation for anything. However, Brooklyn, when these kinds of things happen, we kind of sometimes have to evaluate what's going to go, right? So thankfully, there was surveillance cameras and you were able to clear your name, but you had to go to lockup real quick, right? That's what we try to avoid. Now, in all situations, we cannot avoid that. But let me tell you this. Sometimes, and I know it's really annoying and it's really obnoxious and we don't necessarily need to explain ourselves to anyone, but sometimes it's easier to explain yourself on the front end so that you don't have to explain yourself on the back end to the authorities. Now, I'm not saying that that's the situation here, but I'm saying that having been in my own situation, as I just mentioned, I will tell you that I would have rather just kind of, I don't even want to say explain, but I would rather kind of just been a little bit more passive in the situation to begin with so that I don't have to do a whole lot of explaining on the back end. I know it's not fair. I know it sounds crazy. I know it's like the the good guy always finishes last. I understand. But sometimes there are things that we have to do, and we know this as Black women, right? Sometimes there are extra steps that we have to take just so that we can get out of the situation, right? Now, here's the thing. I'm assuming that your best friend gives off the vibes that she's gay. So does mine, because guess what? It is what it is. And people make assumptions. And while I understand that it's not people's place to make assumptions, we kind of kind of, you know, we have to see that sometimes people make assumptions because honestly, people look at things. They see something that they want. This girl saw you and she was like, hey, I want I want I want Brooklyn. This is what I want. You can't be mad at the girl for trying to shoot her shot. It's what she did after that we can be upset at. And look, we know. Let's be clear. Everyone, and this is just Janine's philosophy, everyone is one straw away from that moment. That moment that I say, it's like when it just pushes you right over the edge. We don't know what that is. We don't know what that that edge moment is going to be for people. We don't know what people are going through. We don't know. So if we can defuse the situation, that's great, so that we don't end up in lockup. But... If we can't, we have to be mindful that sometimes people might just take it a a step further, a step further than we would. So we got to be careful. I'm like I said, I'm glad that it worked out for you, Brooklyn. I am very glad that it worked out for you. But be careful because that girl could have been crazy. Then she wants to change the story. talking about y'all jumped her like (sighs) this could have gone way left. And lockup might not have been it. Y'all could have been injured, hurt, shot, killed. You, who knows? But those are the times that we're living in. And people don't really have much value for human life, unfortunately. So be careful, Brooklyn. And I get it. You don't owe anybody an explanation. And I'm not telling you to go out here and explain yourself to anybody. But what I am telling you is sometimes we just got to think a little bit further just so that we can 
keep ourselves safe and out of lockup. What do you think, Nicole? I think that Brooklyn didn't do anything wrong. I don't know how else she could have kept herself safer here. And one, I wouldn't have turned and walked away, maybe. That way you can see her reaction and you know if she's going to attack you or not. And so if you feel like she's going to attack you, then as soon as she even raised her hand, I would go ahead and pull out my pepper spray and spray her or mace. Also, women, we need to start carrying pepper spray and mace. Like That's the bare minimum we should be carrying, by the way. But I mean, I don't think she did anything wrong. I'm pretty sure she probably tried to explain herself to the cops, but you got two people fighting and against one person, they're always going to say that you got jumped, right? And it's going to be very believable that that person got jumped because it's two of y'all and it's one of her and she looked bruised up and y'all not really that bruised up. I get that. Luckily, there was a surveillance tape. Um, I, I do think that some of this is the pandemic because I think that people have been emboldened by social media. I think that people are able to post and say whatever they want to post and say without any consequences. And now they're in person and they're just acting how they want to act. They're wilding out. And now they have consequences and they were like, oh crap, I have consequences. Oh, I have to actually control my anger. Oh my God. I didn't have to control my anger on social media and now I have to control my anger in person. So um, I think that some of this, you're right, Brooklyn, is the pandemic and people being emboldened. And yes, some of it is the times as well. But besides walking, besides not just walking away, I don't think she could have done anything to prevent this. Like you can't control crazy, right? And I don't blame her for trying to hit on you. I mean, that's that proves that, you know, you're an attractive woman but her reaction is out of hand. Like I do blame her for her temper tantrum that she threw by pulling your hair. Like that's supposed to really make you want to be with her, right? Her pulling your hair and fighting with you. Like, really? That's not supposed to change my mind. But again, people don't accept uh, rejection well. I'm not really sure what you could have done to avoid this because you're right, you don't owe her any explanation. Although nowadays... We sort of have to play on people's emotions and give them the explanation now. And if she didn't believe you, I mean, you could have said, no, no, that's my best friend. I really am married with a child. And hopefully she would have believed you. But again, like you said, you don't owe her that. It's just something you could have done to try to diffuse her anger. But I'm not sure if that would have done anything either. This is a hard situation, um, but to directly answer your question, yes, I do think it's some of this is because of the pandemic and the fact that people are socially awkward at this point. All right, Janine, so what is your letter read? My letter says, hey, friends, when are you all coming back? I've caught up on every episode and now I need some new ones. I hope it's soon. We're back, girl. We are back. So anyway, let me tell you this. I had a wild incident that happened to me recently and I wanted to share it. So I was seeing this guy that I met at a kickback with mutual friends. By seeing, we had been on three quote unquote dates max. Well, I guess third time's the charm because that's when everything hit the fan. So catch this. We had always met up in the same general area because there were several spots around there. It was very well lit and there are always people. It's basically a college area. So I felt like it was relatively safe, if that even means anything these days. So as usual, 
we met. I assumed that he didn't live too far because he would always walk to meet me there. Well, on this day, when we wrapped, when I thought we were going home, he informed me that, quote, I wasn't going anywhere because I was his woman and he wanted me to come home with him. He then proceeded to grab my clutch and hold it hostage so that I would be forced to go home with him. Little did he know, I had my keys in my pocket and my phone in hand. And while I thought about my wallet, my lipstick, and my favorite hand lotion that I would lose, I wanted nothing more than to be gone. So I took my keys and my phone and walked the opposite direction. Anyway, this man thought that he was going to convince me and I was going to be a part of his scene that he wanted to create in the streets. So instead, he decided that he wanted to follow me, only to realize that there were several people that were trying to figure out what he was doing. I guess he was being too loud. And as I said, this is a relatively safe area. So people kind of intervened. He ended up throwing my purse at my face and saying a few choice words to me as I gathered my things and took myself to my car. I was grateful that I was safe and I just wanted to get home. Nothing happened. I wasn't injured, but I just wanted to share this because unfortunately, this isn't my first situation like this. This was very odd. However, more common than I'd like to say. Men these days are on one, ladies. So be safe and never be too careful. Love y'all. Signed, LaTanya. So LaTanya, I will say you are absolutely right. Men out here are crazy. And unfortunately, you may not know that in the beginning, right? He might seem like a really nice guy. But then as you start to date him, you see red flags. I think it's very mature people to, to see red flags, recognize them and recognize that this is not going to work, right? And move on about their business. That is the mature thing to do. And that's what we should all do. But the issue is men don't like rejection, okay? And I know that our last letter was from a woman who also didn't like rejection. But I'm going to argue that men don't like rejection more than women because they think that it's a man's world and they're supposed to what they say goes. And if you've selected them or chosen them once, then that means that they can control the situation and that you're going to like them forever and want to be in a relationship. And they, their ego gets bursted even more because like now you know a little bit about me and you like me at first, but now you don't like who I am as you're getting to know me, which means that there must be something wrong with me. Right. And so they can then all of a sudden flip on you like this guy did and say, uh, 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 you, you gonna do X, Y, and Z, but you did the right thing. No, you're not. Like you can't control me, be firm with what you're saying and move on. And I would definitely move on and change my number. I would make sure that he did not have my, my um, home address. And if let's say he does have your home address. Let me, let me say this before I even say that women, when we're dating people, we got to stop letting these men come to our houses. Stop it. Meet them somewhere at the Starbucks, meet them in public have your friend on standby just in case they have to, you have to have a getaway car. Like do not meet these men at your house. Do not let these men pick you up from your home. If they pick you up from your home, it needs to be after you know, okay, I want this guy to be my man. Like we've been on several days. We've been dating for months. We've been talking on the phone every night and I like him and I, I'm, I sort of kind of trust him. So I am going to let him pick me up, but it shouldn't be after a month of dating. 
okay? Because you don't know crazy until probably about six months in, right? So, and I'm not saying you have to talk on the phone for somebody for six months, but you get me. You need to feel comfortable with them before you allow them to pick you up from your home. It shouldn't be the first, second, or the third date with you picking up for, pick, them picking you up from your home. But let's say you did let them pick you up from your home. Have somebody, let somebody know where you're going. Have a friend and say, hey girl, are you available between the hours of this and this? Like, or can you go to the mall across the street and shop? while I'm on this date, just in case I text you and tell you that I went to the bathroom and I needed you to pick me up and I'm going to be walking across the street to meet you. Make sure you have somebody on standby that knows where you are, just in case you do have somebody that's controlling, like, no, you're going to go home with me or no, you're going to do this or no, we're going to eat the cake anime. You can walk out and have a backup plan. You should always have a backup plan in those early stages of dating. And I would argue, even when you're like married to these jokers, you should have a backup plan because all of a sudden, people can go from sugar to shit. Like you can all of a sudden think somebody, think you love somebody, think you trust somebody, have somebody that doesn't overreact to certain situations. And all of a sudden, they're beating you. Like that kind of thing happens. And so you do need to tell your friends and family everything that goes on. You do need to have a safety net for you to, just in case you need to get out of a situation really quickly. But in this particular dating situation, I think that you did all of the right things. And you're right. People are out here crazy. What do you think, Jenny? I think you're absolutely correct. People are out here crazy. I mean, look, we all know that men react, women, people in general react very differently when they're hearing a yes versus when they're hearing a no. And I think that that's what it comes down to. And to your point earlier, Nicole, I think that we haven't properly equipped people to handle rejection because they haven't experienced it enough. And I'm not saying that people should experience rejection after rejection. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that there's something to be said for someone who is mature enough to handle the nose. And we, again, are living in a, a time and a space. I mean, we know we got we got participation ribbons, right? And we're in our 40s. We're living in a time and a space where people really don't know how to handle rejection. They've been coddled most of their lives. And now all of a sudden they're being faced with basic, a basic no. No, I'm not coming home with you after date number three, mister, that I don't really know. And that should be a good answer and an acceptable answer and an answer where we can then continue to build on whatever it is that we're building on. But no. You decided that you wanted to show who you really were, which thank God for Latanya that, you know, Latanya, glad that he showed you who he was when you were able to escape in a safe manner. But like, that's what's happening these days. And honestly, listen, ladies and gentlemen, whatever it is that you have to do, I, I'm glad that in this particular situation, Latanya had her keys and her cell phone on her. Whatever it is that you have to do to make sure that you make it home safe to your family and your home, that's what you do right? I just, it's so scary, but it's such, to Latanya's point, it's such a reality that we live in now that we really don't know when we're out what's going to happen. And we would like to go places that, you know, there are a lot of people. She said that she did, I mean, from her letter, she's doing everything right. She's going to the place that's, you know, seemingly safe. There were people around. It's well lit. There are multiple places. It's not just one thing. And it's like, just one flip of the switch and that's 
how the night ended, right? Just be safe, ladies. I know that we want to be trusting, but we don't live in a time where we can be as trusting as we have been in the past. And it's sad and it's it's difficult. And, you know, we want people to be good humans and good contributing members of society, but everyone isn't. And sometimes, you know, that that thing that's all that's glimmering and we think that this is going to be our next man. Sometimes, you know, it's situations like this that prevent us from much worse situations down the line. So, Latanya, I'm glad that you got out of this particular situation and I hope that you never speak to this man again. Um, I know that you said that you met him at a kickback with friends. I hope that you tell your friends so that no one else is in this situation. Um, but glad you got out of it safely. And ladies, be safe. Just in general, be safe. Like the goal is to make it home. All right, Janine. So what did you learn new this week? So I don't necessarily know that this is a learn something new, but it's something, some of these I knew and some of them are, um, are new to me. But there are things that we can do as women or as people, I should say, to stay safe. So basically, this is a, an article that I found online and it's called Street Safety for Women. So I'm not going to go through all of them, but the first point that was made was the old school buddy system. It it helps, right? Don't go anywhere whenever possible. Party, out, going out for you know drinks at night, whatever it is. Don't go anywhere by yourself. It's it sounds crazy and it sounds annoying, but it's just one extra layer of safety. And even if something happens, typically there's one person that can get away, say something, call someone, right? So that's starters. Don't be distracted. When you're outside, don't be distracted. Focus on getting to where you need to get to, getting yourself to a safe place, get safely in your car, lock the doors, make sure that you're not distracted. Um, Another one is project confidence. Honestly, being confident about what you are, your purpose, where you're going, intentional about how you're going, where you're going, who's expecting you, even if it's, even if you're scared to death, projecting confidence will help people, will help deter people from trying to mess with you. And if you feel like you're being followed, go redirect, divert where you're going. If someone is following you, it's really easy to find, to kind of try to figure out if someone's following you. If you make a random turn that is unnecessary and they make the same random turn, you kind of know that you're being followed. So if you feel like you're being followed, get to some place that's well lit, get to some place where someone can help you, get to some place where you are not the only person there. Um, And the other thing, one of the things that they said was be loud and proud. So if you do feel like you're in an altercation, make a scene. Don't be afraid to take up the space. Don't be afraid to make noise. Don't try to make it to downplay it. If you feel unsafe, it's better to be loud and embarrassed than it is to not make it. So if you feel unsafe, make everybody aware around you. And to your point, Nicole, that you mentioned earlier, we should all be carrying pepper spray. And I know some places is not legal, but I'm going to tell you, like my daddy told me, it's better to be a defendant than to be a victim. And to be very honest with you, pepper spray ain't going to kill anybody. Not that I know of. But it will deter people from getting. Now, you might cough a little bit, too, but it will get them off of you. So carry pepper spray, carry pepper spray, carry a knife, carry something that you can use to protect yourself and protect yourself from a little bit of a distance so that someone doesn't necessarily have to get into your space. And honestly, ladies, this is not on the list, but take a self-defense class. I know it sounds very cliche. I know. But take a self-defense class. There are 
colleges that offer self-defense classes. There are police stations that offer offer self-defense classes. And a lot of these self-defense classes are for free. Take a self-defense class so that at least you can be prepared or know what you would do if you are presented with this situation. What did you learn new this week, Nicole? So according to an article called Modern Day Horrors of Women Rejecting Men, Another Dangerous Reality for Women, six women are killed by men every hour in a global pandemic of femicide. And that's with more than half of women and girls being killed by men who were either their current or previous partners. So y'all, we have got to be safe out here in these streets. And that proves that even if you think you know somebody, even if somebody used to love you, that does not mean, unfortunately, they, that they will not harm or kill you. So sad, but it's true. All right, Janine, are you ready for the motivational moment? Yes, ma'am. So the motivational moment comes from Gavin DeBecker, who is the American leading expert on protection of public figures, which I didn't even know that there was a such thing. But he said, I encourage people to remember that no is a complete sentence. So ladies, after saying no, realize that you might have to protect yourself in that complete sentence, even if this means using physical force. Stay ready, ladies. Until we meet again, pray, work, slay, and show off your melanated excellence. Bye! Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh That's Deep BWC. Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.